Ocean, A1 Custom Car Care. All right, welcome, good morning. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. A lot going on, a lot of current events, a lot of things affecting a lot of you out there. We have noticed an influx, and I saw this several years ago when fuel got really expensive. Sarah, how excited are you to pull up to the gas pump and pay to fill your car up? Oh, right now? I just absolutely love it so much. <laughs> it's amazing. Thank you so very much oh, for yes. helping me out in this world. Yeah, so have you seen the stickers that say, I did this on the pumps? Yes, I have. I've seen them all over Springfield. Um, I, I usually get gas in between Buffalo and Fairgrove. Seen a couple at the gas station mm-hmm. out there. and I seen some in Marionville the other yes, day. They're making their rounds. On my way to Joplin, I saw one as well. Yeah. So they're all over. It's insane. So we were talking off air before the show. You know, I got to experience the last time gas prices were above $4 a gallon. And thank God we haven't seen that as of yet. But comparatively, it's not been that long ago. I think I can remember... Um, within the last, I'm going to say three years, uh, like a dollar thirty a gallon. Is that do you do you kind of recall that it got down pretty low there for a while? Yeah, it was probably even a little bit lower yeah. than that. Even I think when I started driving back in the day, it was uh, like a dollar seventeen, dollar fifteen, and wow. I, I never thought I would see that again. And we essentially did. We got down pretty close to that. Uh, not all that long ago. So to be back up, you know, north of $3, and God forbid you drive a diesel, and you drive a diesel that's late model and you have to put def fluid in it, which is a whole nother discussion, it's, uh, it's, a little, it's a little painful. It really, really is. But I have seen the last several weeks, and you and I have talked a lot over the years about repowers, you know, where people take an old car and they you know, put a new engine or transmission in it. We're seeing a lot of folks kind of drag their their vehicles kind of, you know, from behind the barn or from out in the field and want to try and get their gas savers back up and going again because it really matters at this point. You know, if uh, I can remember, uh, I'm, you know, definitely a truck guy. I've always been the, you know, kind of in the truck world, but I can remember the three-quarter ton, one ton and large SUVs almost being free back then. People would give them away almost, and they would go out and finance a little grocery getter gas, you know, saver, um, because it was cheaper to make a payment on that than it was to feed their vehicle. Is that crazy? Yeah. It's just something. So you got some information over there. What do you got on that side of the I board? do. So this is from Just the News. This was updated February 5th, so it's a little outdated. Mm-hmm. Chances are the numbers within this article have fluctuated a little sure. bit. But the title is Bidenomics. Oh. Oil prices hit $90 a barrel, the highest since the Obama administration. Okay. The article says U.S. oil prices have spiked to a seven-year high of $90, reaching their highest rate since Barack Obama was in the White House. Crude prices jumped 2.2% in afternoon trading, peaking at just $90 per barrel, a rate not seen since late 2014. That is when I graduated high school. Uh The latest (laughs) jump continues a trend of spiking oil and gas prices that began late last year. AAA listed the average gallon of gas in the U.S. at $3.43, up from $2.45 a year ago. Those numbers have been climbing sharply in recent weeks. One month ago, the average price of gas stood at $3.29. Yes. Well, and on top of that, you know, the uh, deaf fluid, are you familiar with that at all, Sarah? That So this gets even better. So if you've got a late model diesel, 
the government said, oh, we need this extra fluid. I don't know if you ever see it on the truck stops. It says DEF up there. Okay. Diesel exhaust fluid is what that stands for. Um, so not only do you have to buy expensive diesel, but you have to fill up the DEF as well. And there's a shortage on DEF because of Uh-oh. everything in the world. So I'm seeing people buy that stuff everywhere that they can, regardless of what it's going to cost. And uh, so you have to feed your expensive, you know, powerful vehicle diesel plus def. So you're, I don't know what that works out to, but you're probably six bucks, you know, or so Yikes. by the time you, you add that all together. And unfortunately, I don't think, at least my humble opinion, we have seen the top of this oil price situation here. I believe we're probably going to see north of a hundred dollars a barrel, which is where we get into that three and four dollar, or probably. I guess three fifty to four dollar a gallon fuel prices. So, what's your plan for this? I'm putting you on the spot. We didn't talk about this. We didn't prep. I don't know. You have to rob Peter <laughs> to pay Paul. Yeah, I honestly don't know what I'm going to do now. Thankfully, I do have a vehicle that does get pretty good gas mileage. Sure. But one of the things that I actually was going to ask you before we even started this show was I was going to ask you about different additives. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you can add to your fuel tank to make you have a little bit more bang for your buck when you get gas? So, yes and no, and I'm going to have to give you not a straight answer. I know that you're not an additive (laughs) fan, but I figured, you know what, I might as well ask. So, if your vehicle has a lot of harsh deposits or has not been taken care of well, and that is robbing power and performance, yes, we can clean some of those deposits and get the vehicle as good as it can be. But as far as like being able to put something in there, a lot of that stuff is snake oil that, you know, is going to gain you you know, four horsepower and two miles to the gallon. Uh, When I saw fuel up real high, there was all these as-seen-on-TV widgets Mm -hmm. that you could buy. It was crazy, and most of those things did the exact opposite. You know, I saw a lot of hydrogen generators that were, you know, uh, manufactured in somebody's garage. And I'm not saying hydrogen is not a viable. uh, It definitely creates a combustible gas, but it doesn't typically play well with the engine management systems on the car. So basically making sure that your vehicle is tip top as far as like maintenance and care is where you get that bang for the buck versus trying to buy some kind of snake oil and put in there. So okay, it, it, I know that's a convoluted answer, but that's the best way I can say it. If you're, if you're deficit on care, yeah, we can do something about it as well as, uh, you know, Darren and I are very, uh, I guess, interested in testing and whatnot. And so uh, we've been working on some gas analyzer work. So if you're in the St. Louis County and here in Missouri, I think, and maybe one other county, they do emissions testing there. Oh. So if you if your car is not running peak performance, they won't let you get... Yeah, I'm stuttering a little bit here. They won't let you get your license plates. So you have to be tip-top, clean, running as good as it should be, before you'll pass their state inspection, and that's county by county. Now, here in southwest uh, Missouri, we don't have that, obviously. We have an inspection, but non-emissions related. However, at our Sunset location, we have the ability to run that same emissions testing, which will show us whether you're getting peak fuel economy, whether you've got raw gas coming out the tailpipe that's not being utilized, whether the carbon monoxide carbon dioxide ratios are correct. So it's basically combustion efficiency. 
Now, I know you. we haven't shared this with you, but I actually did a baseline test on your car the last time we had oh, it. Oh, no kidding. With this, because we're it, it's a process that I've had and I've done for years, but we're really... Uh, I did it and got into it when gas got real expensive before because I had people showing up saying, hey, I want my car checked out to make sure I'm running absolutely tip top. And so it's been a few years since that happened, obviously, the Obama administration. And I got away from that for a while because I quit having people ask for that. But um, this is something that we're kind of working together with to make sure that, you know, we're tuning up that skill set again because I see us going to be able to make sure that we're getting every ounce of performance out of everybody's wallet, basically, because that's what it comes down to. So it's kind of interesting, I thought. So if somebody wants to do one of those tests, mm-hmm. how do they go about asking for one? So it, usually uh, this is not company-wide at this point. I mm-hmm. don't normally do stuff that I can't say, okay, any of our stores can handle this. Uh, but this is a very, very specific uh, testing, and I only have one piece of equipment at this point that does that. And so they would want to schedule appointment with our Sunset location and ask and book that time with Darren. So there will be some checkout, um, which will have some cost of, uh, associated with it. But we will have a good baseline of whether your car is running like it's supposed to. Um, and very quickly, whatever that cost is, is typically paid for itself because we are we are making sure that you're not having that you know raw fuel pumped right out the tailpipe and not getting any benefit for it. So... We've had a lot of discussion for the first segment. We're going to step into a break. Sarah and I will be back in a moment. You can set my truck on fire and roll it down All right, welcome back. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Uh, we were spreading the joy of the horrible fuel prices. And I guess it's not, and, and this is completely off topic. Sarah, you guys live out in the country. Have you uh, had the pleasure of buying propane yet this year? We propane have, actually. We did. Accessory. I can't help but do that. <laughs> um, we have. We did the minimum fill up, and yeah. it was around $500. Oh. Yes. So it's not just the joy at the gas pump. Uh, all of us rural folks and all of us people living in the city get to pay a little more yep. for natural gas and propane and propane accessories. <laughs> But uh, it, it, it's just one of those deals. So you need to get the most out of it. I know that's how I'm doing it. Um, you know, it, it, whatever it is capable of, I want the max uh, output from it. So whether it's cleaning your furnace and making sure it's good, which we don't do, heating and air conditioning. So find your own heating and air conditioning guy that's good. But I can help with your car situation. So as well as advise, um, if it's as seen on TV, Typically, they're preying on people, um, and usually it goes backwards. You know, the crazy air filters and the tornado. I don't know. uh, Pardon me. You probably missed the... uh, That was a big thing. They had this tornado is what they called it, and it was an infomercial. And it went in the air intake system and had fan blades on it that were fixed. And it was supposed to swirl the air to make it more efficient. Well... In theory, sounds like a good idea, and their marketing was wonderful. I saw it. I thought, man, that looks cool. But all it does is restrict the airflow coming into the the engine, which is counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. And they sold bukus of these oh, things. No. And I cannot tell you how many I took out of cars that were creating runnability problems and said, do not put this back in there. This is your problem. So not only did it not do what it was advertised, it actually created problems that folks were trying to fix. And the first time, it really threw me for a loop because I didn't expect that to be the problem. 
I'm like, what is going on here? And I take it all apart looking for a restriction, and that's what was in there. So I learned that, but I bet I took dozens of those out of people's cars and fixed their problems because they had bought the as-seen-on-TV gadget, widget, whatever you want to call it. Well, I did notice quite a few as-seen-on-TV products, if Mm -hmm. you will. I was at a big box parts store a couple weeks ago. Well, Last week, I guess, when we had all of the Mm -hmm. winter weather, the husband had to buy different snow tire chains because Mm -hmm. the ones that we had previously fit a different size for tires. Oh, yeah. You guys switched trucks. Yeah. Yep. So we ended up getting a couple new uh, sets of chains there. Nice. And I did notice there was quite a few of those as seen on TV things. They, They take advantage. I mean, really is what it is. You know, they'll say money back guarantee, but... You know, if you ever did get your money back, the damage that it's caused is usually way more than just your twenty eight ninety five or right. whatever the widget price is. And so definitely don't want to do that. You don't want to, you know, fall into those traps. Some basic care and maintenance, whether you do it yourself, whether you bring it into a shop, you got a guy, a gal, whoever, that will get you the most bang for your buck. It truly is. And then checking and changing your oil. That's the other thing. And I hadn't even talked about this. You guys, you know, we've had that discussion over the years. Um, The cars that are being produced, so pretty much 95% of the people out there listening, those cars, even though they're new, late model, you know, 100,000 miles less, less than 10 years old, they are using and consuming oil. So we, I'm going to say not every time, but nine out of 10 cars come in, whatever it's there for, we check the oil just as part of our process. Um, I would say nine, I'm going to say 8.5 of them are more than a quart low on oil. If not, 50% of them have no oil showing up on the dipstick. Oh, gosh. It is unbelievable. And if you don't think that that A, hurts the engine and kills fuel economy, it definitely does. So just making sure if you're one of our regular customers and you don't want to check the oil, that's totally cool. Run it by one of the stores. One of the folks there will get it done. It's not a big deal. Just be a little patient. Uh, I had somebody stop by the shop and get a little bit upset with me. You want to hear about that, Sarah? <gasps> yes. So I was in the middle. Uh, all of us had our hands full, and they needed some air in the tire, and, and, and we will do that for our regular customers. No big deal. Um, but I couldn't – I was in the middle of assembling stuff, and I couldn't just stop, you know? And so we had a, a waiting room full of folks up there, and so I, I hurry through it, and it's probably less than two minutes. And I get done, and I go up there, and I'm like, hey, you know, where where are they? And it's like, well, they couldn't leave, and they got huffy and left. I was like, are you serious? I, I will gladly do it. And so we had some folks in the office. They're like, yeah, man, you know, you you did everything you could. It was awesome. They just couldn't give you a minute to finish doing what you're doing. And I find that, you know, and I hate that. Um, you know, I just can't always run away from assembling something. Sometimes i got to get to a stopping point. And so I hate it for the folks because I know they're running around on low tires, and that's not good. But you got to give us a little bit of room there. I'll gladly work some folks in, but just give me a little bit of patience at whatever location you're at, and we'll do our very level best. But what, I don't know. You got any advice for me, Sarah, what I could do with that? That's just one of those deals, isn't it? I mean, it it happens. People have to be a little bit more patient. And yeah. speaking of which, I got to, one, I got to schedule a oh. <laughs> oil change. Okay. So you reminded me of that. And two, we got to put air in the tire of the KSGF Jeep. So look at you. Even though you were talking about some problems, you made me realize 
I need to uh, come up with some solutions for my own problems here. So I found a stat the other day that it, for every, let me hopefully I can remember the stat correctly, for every 10 degree change in ambient temperature, mm-hmm. your tire pressure will fluctuate 4 degree or 4 PSI. I've heard this. I, I knew that this was a thing forever, but I never really looked it up, but I looked it up the other day. Um, so, you know, we always typically end up adjusting our tires when it's colder outside, but I'm going to be a little bit better steward of that, uh, as it gets hot outside to make sure my tire pressure is set where it's supposed to be. Cause you know, you talk about 30, 40 degree jump, which in Missouri could be literally the morning to the afternoon. Right. Uh, you know, you could have a significant swing in tire pressure. And I know, especially with what I do, um, I haul and tow a lot of things, the PSI effects, because I'm, I'm constantly changing the weight load on the vehicle, quite a bit. So I'm pretty adamant about it already. You know, I'm the kick tire kicker and all that to make sure that they're inflated correctly. But as well as I'm checking temperature to make sure they're not underinflated. And I think I've given this tip before, but, you know, I don't always check the PSI pressure. But after I've driven and I stop for fuel or I stop for whatever, you know, you need a snack, go to the bathroom, whatever, I take the palm of my hand and I, I place it on the sidewall of the tire as I'm outside of the car after I've been driving for an extended period of time or on the trailer. And if I have an underinflated tire, I will notice a difference in the temperature of that tire. So it's kind of a good, easy, I want to say hack or trick. Uh, but definitely helps very quick, very easy, not really uh, painful, but it'll save you from having a blowout or ruining a perfectly good tire. So, Yeah, I think that that's the whole reason why our Jeep tire is low mm-hmm. right now, because it did set for a couple of days while we had all of that winter weather. Yep. And I think that Nick took it home for maybe two days, and then it got to come back to the station yeah. for the other two days. I think that that's the case but then it's set for a little bit so i have a feeling that that's probably why it is running a yeah. little bit low on air absolutely as well as i think i've shared this in the past i know we talked about it you know we got you a good set of tires here oh i don't know maybe two three six months ago something like that i am getting a uh email reminder that they continue inflating the tire prices so it is unreal. So if you need a set of tires, you definitely want to do it. Whether you get it from us or somebody else, you need to do it sooner than later. As well as, I have a confession. Do I have time to make a confession? Yes. Here? Okay. Uh, so my service truck, you've seen it. I pretty much run it all the time. It definitely works for a living. Before the winter weather came on, I was trying to eke every usable mile out of the tires that were on it because I didn't want to have to fork out big bucks for you know a new set of tires. But I push our snow for our our, uh, lots to make Mm -hmm. sure that they're clear. So I knew that I needed to do it before the snow hit. So David, our manager at Sunset, made sure and got me a good set of tires. Colin and Jim made sure and get them on there. Uh, It is absolutely awesome. Uh, I was advised a set of tires. You know, I'm real picky. Tires are not just tires to me. I needed some specific stuff. So I got 10-ply Firestone HT2s. Um, and to you, you're probably like, man, this is all boring stuff, but, uh, they are awesome. They went so good in the snow, pulling a trailer with a snow plow. It was phenomenal. So, uh, definitely makes a big difference to how your car or truck feels after you get a new set of tires. It really does because this is the first time that I got to drive with my new tires in all of the snow and ice and I noticed a couple of days ago, whenever we still had 
a little bit of slush on the roadways. My husband had texted me and he said, hey, did you get to work okay? And I said, yeah, why? And he said, I was kind of sliding around. Oh, wow. And I said, I was going the speed limit. I didn't feel any any problems. Fantastic. And so I think that, well, one, you know, I've got the front wheel drive, yep. so that probably made a difference. But two, I think that my tires really did help keep that traction. And I was very glad because... Me and you, we had quite a bit of conversation because mm-hmm. I, I wanted to make sure that I had a tire that was going to be good for the type of roads that I'm mm-hmm. driving on, which are ones that are not treated as well as the ones that are in the city. Right. And, you know, I've I've got a lot longer distance to go, so I have to make sure that my tires can get me there safely. Absolutely. So kind of springboard off of that, I have a uh, friend of ours who's a great client customer. Uh, she was looking for some advice. Uh, she does the Amazon delivery kind of oh, in yeah. the rural areas. So we put the same tires we did on yours on her car. And I talked to her here a few weeks ago and she's like, oh, these tires are so great. I've been, you know, because she's out in the county area and she's like, oh, these have been so good. I've been all these crazy places and they've been working great. Thank you so much. So it's not just the price point that needs to be considered. It's what you're doing with them. So we've rambled on for at least another segment. Uh, Sarah and I will be back in a moment. Welcome back. You've got Dustin and Sarah in here. We were talking about fuel prices today and the joy of that and, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul in order to fill up the tank or the propane or natural gas. We had a good discussion about tires. Tires are not getting any cheaper, so make sure you're taking care of them. You want to get every mile you possibly can out of it. But, uh, Sarah, you have been at, I believe, all of our locations. Is that yes, right? Yes, even the, years? the ones that are uh, yeah, down little south. Southern, little southern, yeah. southern folks. Um, I love going down there. I was there yesterday. Spent the day with some folks down there doing some work. Uh, very, very busy. A lot of vehicles. A lot of people wanting to make sure that their older vehicles are in good shape because you can't buy another new one or new-to-you one right now very easily. But uh, you have been to all of our locations. You've met probably most of our staff. Mm-hmm. Um, you have kind of gotten to know, honestly, a lot of them because they've been with us for a long time, which I don't take lightly. Um, the reason that I accepted the position all the years ago at A1 is because they didn't have a lot of new uh, turnover at that point in time. And we still don't, thankfully. Um, I think that said a lot of things. When I interviewed and had several job offers coming out of trade school, most of the folks at the other service centers had been there six months. I was their longest employee. And I thought, eh, I don't want to just get chewed up and spit out, you know. I don't want to just be the next guy that, you know, something goes wrong, they're not going to work with me on it or try and help. And so I was, I, I didn't realize it at the time but I was looking for some place that was more than just a place to go and work. Does that make any sense, Sarah? Yes, absolutely, because that is what I was looking for when I found KSGF. Well, and I remember that time, actually. I had uh, uh, experienced the person that had done your role, not near to the level that you do it, by the way. Oh, so thank you. So compliments to you on that. I didn't know what it was like to have a professional producer. You, Aww, you're gonna you're gonna butter me up well, over here. <laughs> it's God's honest truth. So the previous person did, and you know, did what they were supposed to. But I didn't know they weren't doing 
the other stuff. And so when you showed up, you were like, listen here, this is you know how it's going to work. <laughs> and you have lived up to that. So it's been really, really cool. Why is it that you were looking for something more than just a job? Because I have a hunch that I know why. Well, I'm one of those people where my job is is something that's kind of around my life, really. Uh-huh. Basically, a lot of the events that I attend are work-related events, yeah. and it's something that it's it, it's a lot more than just a job to me. And I spend a lot of time at work. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure that you are happy. Yes. That you have to like the people that you work with, that you have to like your job. I mean, there's some things that you're like, well, you know, I don't like this portion right. of my job. And that's with every job. But you have to like about 90% of it. Right. And so that's that's really kind of how I found myself because I found myself uh, in a position before KSGF where I was liking it less mm-hmm. and less and less. And it became a burden to yeah. go to work. Well, and, and that also, you know, life is a balance. You know, the, the older I get, the more I realize it. So if your home life is a train wreck and a catastrophe, it affects work. And if your work life is a train wreck and a catastrophe, it affects home. And the the older I get, the more I realize that time is worth so much. Everybody worries about money, especially when you're young, trying to get your foot in the door somewhere and you don't have money. Um, you know, that's always kind of that rat race and sometimes you'll sacrifice some of that stuff. But as I get older and I realize that, Hey, look, you know, being a part of something bigger than just a paycheck is worth a ton to me. And if you're a part of the right thing, the paycheck kind of takes care of itself, you know, if you're doing it for the right reason. So I was hired today one as an apprentice. I was the, the gopher and the do this job because nobody else wants to. And I realized that, you know, that's the old school way. That's how you paid your dues. I think the the the, uh, the culture has changed a little bit, like globally. It's not necessarily like that where you got to pay your dues, boy, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. Folks, you know, come in at a higher level typically. But the culture was a big, big part of that. And I have had a lot of technicians, thankfully, and I... I I don't say this kind of to toot our horn, and I feel like KSGF could say the same thing, where it attracts talent, and you get that high level of folks that really, you know, want to be a part of something good versus, you know, running a poor ship, if you will, and scraping the bottom of the barrel and continuously being frustrated with what it is you're working with. Does that make any sense? Oh, absolutely. So I have some shop owner friends of mine that, you know, they struggle, but they're not walking the walk, you know, they're gambling and, and, you know, doing all kinds of stuff except running the shop. And then they wonder why their guys don't care about it because they don't care about it. You know, that's something I've been so blessed over the years is that, you know, I've never had that concern about the ownership carrying you know, they care a tremendous amount, and that has been instilled in me over the years. And I work very, very hard to try and live up to the bar that they set, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So when I have technicians or service advisors, store managers that have been in the industry and love the industry kind of the way that I do, I take that real seriously when they've been somewhere. And I, I, I don't use this word lightly, but basically have been abused or taken advantage of and you know, unfortunately, I've had that experience. I quit and I went to work for somebody that truly used, you know, the the relationship and my love for the industry um, in a very selfish manner instead of trying to take care of business. And thankfully, I was 
I was a good boy when I left A1 the first time and I put in my notice and I fulfilled my obligations. I didn't just, you know, walk out and leave him hanging, you know. And um, so I had to eat some crow, basically. And I went and interviewed and got several job offers. I don't know that I've ever thankfully interviewed somewhere that they haven't offered me a job, which is a pretty cool thing. But before I accepted those, I had told Lois at the time that, hey, you know, before I uh, just quit what I had left to go and do that I would call her and I had given her my word on that. And so I went ahead and called her and thankfully she was graceful enough to, uh, make some concessions and bring me back. And that's been, you know, 16, 17 years ago now. So quite a while, but I'm on the other side of the fence there where I have to bring some new young people. I'm not the young guy anymore in the shop. You know, that's a weird thing I can remember doing. I was teaching a class, And we had some young fellas in the class and they said, well, when I get to be Dustin's age and I was like, hey, wait a minute, (laughs) when did when did this happen? I was I think I started at a one and I was like 21 or two, maybe. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's been a day or two now. I'm coming up on my I think 20th high school reunion, I think doesn't seem like it should be that long ago, but it is. Um, so we've got some young folks in within our company. Have you met Eddie out at Republic? You know what? The name sounds familiar. I might have in passing. Yeah. So Eddie keeps kind of his head down and he just works like a champ. He had been at some quick lube and some oil change places. He's probably been with us probably five years or so. He's kind of one of our biggest success stories, I guess, or I take some, some pride in seeing him, you know, buy a new vehicle, buy a house, have children, him and his wife. Uh, it's really awesome to see what he has been able to accomplish. Um, we've got some younger folks, Chris, Colin as well, that are, you know, getting into the industry, kind of learning the ropes of what's going on. And then we got our veterans that I pretty much lean on all the time. So having the right culture and then being on the other side of it, instead of having to constantly look for people to come to work for you. You have those folks that know of you and are seeking an an opening or an opportunity. Um, That I believe is what separates a lot of companies and, and, and um, you know, success stories, if you will, is realizing that if we can pour into and find out what makes them tick, what their, you know, hopefully goals and plans are, have you ever asked, or, or maybe I, I don't know, I, I probably have asked you this question, but ask people what they want is a very interesting question. And I have found most people don't have an answer for that. I imagine if I asked you, knowing you, and I don't think I've ever asked this, I bet you have an answer for what it is you're working for, whether it's your professional life, your per- personal life, etc. That was one of the biggest like eye-opening things for me. I've always had a very clear vision on what it is I want and where I'm going and how to get there. Uh, you think that's crazy? No, absolutely not, because that's kind of how I feel as well. Yeah. So have you ever asked that to very many people to see what their I haven't, but are? now I think I'm going to. It is amazing to ask that question and get them thinking about, you know, why do you show up here? Why do you, where do you want to go with this? Do you just, in 30 years, do you want to be doing the same thing that you're doing now? Uh, and some people do, and that's totally awesome. If you want to be the master at whatever it is you're doing and you want to stay there, I guarantee there's going to be a role for all that. But if you don't, we need to talk about or at least identify what it is. Um, I've sat down with people over the years and asked them, hey, do you want to be doing this? And they'll tell me no. 
I'm like, okay, let's figure out how to get you somewhere else, which I'm not saying, hey, don't work for us anymore or be a part of our team. But if you don't, if you're not invested in this business and what it is you're doing, you're not going to be successful. You might show up and, you know, make a paycheck for a little while, but long-term you need the opportunity to rock and roll whatever it is you want to do because I'm very thankful I found that. But Sarah and I got to take one more break. We'll be back and wrap this up in a bow after this. I'm just a guy with the girl everybody wants to know. All right, we got a little bit of time. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Very important segment. We just kind of put this together. Uh, I'm going to say breaking news. I've never had to say that before. Ooh, do, 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 Yeah, yeah. So, Sarah, what do you got over there? You got some recalls, and then you got some, you, you kind of dropped a bomb on me about something. <laughs> well, okay, so we'll talk about this first, and then if we run out of time for the recalls, I will put all of the links up in our Sweet. podcast. Awesome. And you can find our podcast at ksgf.com. There's a podcast section. You just click on A1 Custom Car Care, and you will see today's date, and that's how you find all of our information. Very cool. You can also find it on the app as well. But... This is what we're going to talk about. Chevrolet is killing America's cheapest car. That is the title of this article. Now, Chevy has confirmed that it will discontinue sales of the Spark hatchback when production of the 2022 model ends in August. Now, this is what blows my mind, Dustin. This is the only vehicle in the United States that is under 15 grand. That's insane. The starting price of the Chevy Spark is 14595 and then it's followed by the Mitsubishi Mirage and the Nissan Versa. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That, I, so when you told me that they were killing that car, I wasn't super bummed. I'm not a big fan of those cars. But when you told me what the price that I didn't had no idea that they were getting close to 15 grand for those cars. It's absurd. And they're probably getting more right now. That's true. I bet they're getting over MSRP, which is unbelievable as well. So it's really going to make it hard for people to have an economical place to turn for what I consider a, you know, a grocery getter, go to the store, the mall, the doctor kind of car. Right. And if you this is what blows my mind, because the first time I read this article, it wasn't necessarily the fact that they were like, okay, well, we are ending production on this. That's not what blew my mind. Yeah. It was the price. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever had a conversation with somebody that grew up in the 70s or grew up in the 80s, and they talk about some of the vehicles that they owned. Yeah. But not only that, but the price that they paid for yeah. vehicles. Brand new off the lot what Yes. They paid. And just like, uh, you know, sometimes they would buy a vehicle that, you know, somebody had for sale by owner. And- it just blows my mind. My parents have told me in the past, like different vehicles that mm-hmm. they have owned throughout the years yeah. and just, you know, hundred bucks. Yeah. I couldn't imagine buying a car for a hundred bucks. And now in 2022, the cheapest vehicle that you can purchase is 15 grand. Yeah. So I have bought many vehicles for a hundred dollars over the years. However, they were way clapped out and broken real bad. Uh, so that's probably not a badge of, of uh, but most of them I got running and I did something with them. So maybe that is kind of a big positive. But I can remember as a kid, I believe I was in kindergarten. My dad, we lived in Neosho then. He went out to Farmer Bob's and they had a Chevy Love out in the field. Do you Have you ever seen a Chevy Love? Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they make an S10 look like a full-size truck. They're itty-bitty. 
But him and Dot, him and I did so much fishing out of that truck, and I mean for years. It ended up, I can remember, like, the bedside having big rust holes in it, but it still ran and drove very, very well. But, yeah, that was a $100 truck back in the day. It was an old Chevy Love. Yeah, doesn't that just blow your mind? It does. It's crazy. But um, just this week, I've had so many vehicles that I haven't seen in the shop for a while. And I don't know whether we talked about this on air. But yesterday, I worked on probably... Uh, I'm going to say a late 80s, early 90s Chevy pickup that had brand new front end under it. Had I built a full exhaust is what I was doing. I was putting that all back together. Uh, But I guarantee this guy had probably put, even if he did some of the work himself, probably three to five thousand dollars in this truck. Now, that truck back in the day, I think would have probably been at the top side, maybe seven thousand dollars brand new. So he invested probably more than half of that in there just keeping this truck on the road. I stopped out at the Republic store in Troy, which you've met Troy. Mm-hmm. Troy's been with us probably 34 years now, if I'm if I'm tracking right. He was doing a very large repair on a Honda Civic that I believe the repair is going to be more than what that vehicle costs new. And that customer had, we're not even putting an engine or transmission in. We're trying to get the suspension to where it needs to be on this vehicle. But um, he had, I think, about 300,000 miles on it. He's making a very large investment because it's cheaper for him to go that route and drive the vehicle to 500,000 than it is, obviously, to buy the Chevy Spark for $15,000. That makes his repair bill to me um, much easier to swallow If now that I know that the Chevy Spark is fifteen grand. And they're getting rid of it. It's going away. Yeah. It's crazy. I know. I I thought that this was absolutely insane yeah. when I read it. Because, you know, here in a couple months, or maybe hopefully a couple of years, I am going to need a new vehicle. And, you know, this is something that I've talked about a little bit on the show. You know, we're having a child, so we definitely need a lot of area in the yeah. back. They um, take up a lot of space yes. with all their stuff. Yes. So we'll need a lot of backseat room, but I also would really feel comfortable having something four wheel drive. I would like me and Ryan to have at least one vehicle that's four wheel drive. So, you know, we just purchased his truck, so it would probably be my vehicle. Makes sense. But I mean, just the thought of having to hunt something down and then seeing that is the uh well and the, the it's, price it's, you know we're in a deficit right now mm-hmm. we're you know everybody's scrambling and worried about well if i don't buy one now i won't get the opportunity nothing if you i'm not a student student of history but the longer that i live the more i worry about history it always repeats so yeah we're at a deficit right now but there's going to be a surplus so as far as like from my side of it you and ryan are going to you know be the shot callers on it but if I can keep your vehicle and, of course, Ryan's vehicle running in good quality, tip-top shape until that surplus comes, that's where the buys are going to be. You know, there's a lot of people scrambling around buying right now because they're worried about this or that. Right. But if you can just play your cards close, you know, you know, keep them, keep them close, and, you know, we can make sure that everything's in good shape and get you through to that point where that surplus that's honestly, I'm doing the exact same thing. I want a new truck so bad. We're going to get there. It's We've got this. It's not even funny. But yeah, absolutely. Well, we do have a couple of minutes, so I, okay. we'll run through all of these recalls that are going on. Tesla, oh my gosh, they have had just a terrible 
last couple of weeks. Dang okay, it. so they I have three stories here uh, for Tesla recalls, completely different items. My, my, my. So first off, Tesla is recalling nearly 54,000 vehicles Ooh. equipped with a beta version of its full self-driving software yeah, to remove have, a feature. They had some really bad stuff. I think somebody got hurt yes. with that feature. It says that the software is installed in certain 2016 to 2022 Model S, Model X, and then uh, 2017 to 2022 Model 3, as well as the 2020 and 2022 Model Y. Yeah, so this vehicle is not allowing them to fully stop. That's not cool. That is scary. Now, here is another one for Tesla. They are recalling 817,000 vehicles to fix a seatbelt reminder chime because it is not working correctly. Not cool. And that is 2021 to 2022 Model S. And then another one. Tesla recalling 27,000 cars because they are, quote, not hot enough. Now, what they mean by that is they were trying to be a little punny in the in the title there, but they are having issues with their heat pumps and it is making it ineffective to defrost the windows. So they will be, you know, driving along and their windows, they won't defrost correctly. So that is just they have had. A heck of a week for recalls. And you said something about Hyundai and Kia, and that spurred my reminder. I heard it this week. They're wanting certain makes and models not parked by buildings. Is that right? This one is scary. I do have this one as well. This, This is a very scary one. They are told... To park outside and away from other vehicles mm-hmm. because their car could catch on fire. Yeah. And this is even when the engine is turned off. Yeah. How terrifying that. is that? And does it say what it covers, Sarah? Does it give a, a idea of the makes and models? Oh, my chance, goodness. A there, bunch of them? there is a ton of them. So if you have one of those, you need to look it up. It, Hyundai Kia across the board. Yes. I think you can go to uh, the National Highway Transportation. National uh, Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Right. Yeah. And there's the recalling um, close to 500 thousand vehicles and i mean there is a ton of them from 2014 all the way up to 2019 makes and models so i don't know this may have been before you got to drive in very much but there's best automotive here in springfield they're by bass pro kind of okay so back in the day ford had a faulty a faulty 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 there we go brake switch that would melt down and create a fire. And it actually happened to their facility probably about 15 years ago. Um, They had a customer's car in there, weren't doing anything wrong, but it it burned their facility. They had to rebuild. Oh, my gosh. That is crazy. Yeah. Well, we are out of time. So if you are out there and you have a question for Dustin and I, it doesn't matter how big or small, you can reach out to us on our talk and text line, 417-447-5743. Or you can reach out to us on the KSGF Facebook page at 1041KSGF. Dustin, I hope you have a good weekend. Absolutely. Be safe. Bye.